You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Many of you may not be aware, but we have a lot happening in missions. There is so much, and it's basically divided up into two categories. So we do uh, what we'd call our local outreach. And so if you say, well, I don't know if I want to sign up for missions because it's too far. Well, guess what? There is an option that is available for you, and it's called our local missions. And we're really ramping that up. We're partnering with people such as We See You San Diego, Streets of Hope, uh, Turning Point. So there is a lot that's happening. Even in last year, did you know that we, as Awakened Missions, went to over 200 first responder stations just to bless them and thank them for their service to our community, which you just never know what might open up as a result of that. And then also we do local outreaches and, and, you know, in different facets and capacities. And, and then, of course, extending to our beyond outreaches. And our beyond outreaches is, are basically two, three categories. One, I don't know if you're aware, but at the top of last year, we actually took on what we started out to be taking and adopting a village. It was in the heart of Pastor Jurgen to and, and Pastor Leanne to take on a village in Peru. But the overwhelming response of Awakened Church, it, it, it blasted it out of the water before the end of even the first service that we did it. And we actually ended up extending to an entire region of Cusco, Peru, counting eight villages. Come on now, that's incredible. That is absolutely incredible. And in, in, in part because many of you said, yes, I want to be a part of that. But not only that, but we've also seen transformation come into the lives of, of the people in what we call Short Creek Dream Center. And these are the people who were devastated by just the, the, the rulership, if you will, of Warren Jefferson and the, the, the destruction that he brought. And, and, and even, I don't know if you're aware, but he actually enacted what was called a anti-fun law. So how many of you know that one of the trademarks of Awakened Church is that we are going to be a people who have fun, right? Because serving Jesus is fun. Loving life is what we do, that you can love Jesus and love life at the same time. And so we went out and we've, we've sent teams out there multiple times last year and restored fun. People said, I have not had this much fun in such a long time. And there's healings and, and just freedom that broke out as a result of just having fun. Did you ever think of like your fun may actually open the way for someone else to have breakthrough? Then obviously we have Baja, incredible. We have four different programs that are happening across two different campuses that go from ages, infancy. We have our youngest little baby is about two months old. And then we go all the way up until about a college age. We have a few that are in our college, college age programs. And they are just doing a phenomenal job. Our mission team goes down there. I've seen Lola, I've seen many of you guys have, have been on the trips all, all over, I think total 16 teams, over 200 people across all of our campuses have gone out. And friends, I'm telling you, this is just the beginning. And this is also an invitation that if you want to be a part of what God is doing through missions, and I don't know if you're aware, uh, but I've heard that one of the prophetic words over Awakened Church, it was someone that actually delivered it to Pastor Jurgen, was that there, the, one of the moves of God that would come from Awaken is through missions. 
So how many of you know that we are all called to be a part of missions? And then you might be saying, well, how did, how did you get involved in missions? And really, it, it, it came down to this. I, I, I was 20 years old, and I was lost in my addictions. I was lost in uh, just bondage, and, and I wasn't living a free life and just trying to get through life. And as I, was, as I was just trying to get through, one night it culminated into the emergency room where I was actually on my desk deathbed and I knew that I was going to die and if if and, and I didn't know and I knew in that moment what was the scariest thing for me I knew that if I died in that moment I would die lost and I would die without Jesus and so I just cried out and I said God if you let me live I swear I will live for you all the days of my life not halfway but all the way God I am completely yours and as soon as I prayed that prayer friends I'm telling you no exaggeration there was a divine turn around that took place. So when the doctors and nurses returned into my room, they were dumbfounded. They didn't know what the heck had just happened. And I was so struck with, oh my gosh, God, 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 literally just answered my prayer. And I was shocked. Come on. Instantly instantly delivered of bondage, instantly delivered of addictions, instantly delivered. And I know that's not always the story for everyone, but that was my story. So then I said, God, okay, what is it that you want me to do? I've committed my life to live for you. I don't know what that looks like. I don't even know a believer, but God, I'm trusting you that you would show me through. And he just one step at a time would just show me the next step. And sometimes that's what we need to know. Are you willing to take the first step? And the first step is just turning to Jesus. And he will reveal everything else to you, friends. So then all of a sudden, I'm I, 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 advancing, I'm growing, I'm moving forward. And I see this promo video for a Bible college. And I, and I committed my life to God, so it seemed like a good idea. Well, if I'm going to live for him, I better go to Bible school and figure out how to do that, right? So I watched this promo video, and, it's, and then at the end of it, there's a whole emphasis on missions. And there's a whole emphasis on going overseas and living overseas for a year. And within, in an instant, it's like God confirmed to me that that is the very thing that he had called me to do. And I responded, God, here I am. Send me. So the message today, friends, is this. Here I am. Send me. Here I am. Send me. Are you ready? Here's the thing. Many times people think that, you know, that requires going into a distant land. I've, sometimes it does. I've been to 20 different nations. I've, I've traveled via boat, plane, train, broken down vehicle, buffalo, elephant, uh, camel, horse, uh, you, you name it, cockroaches. Sometimes they're big enough to carry you through. <laughs> Uh, I, I've, I've had strange foods that I, I don't want to ruin your lunch, but I'll tell you one. One of the strangest things that I've had, I lived in different countries full time, is, is I had fermented horse milk. How do you like that? All you, all you got to do is just blow the hair out of the way and you just, it goes down smooth. <laughs> Come on now. You got to be brave. You got to be brave if you're going <laughs> to... But all of those things, that's not, that's not necessarily what's required to be a missionary. What is a missionary? A missionary is a sent one. 
So when I say, God, here I am, send me, I am a missionary. When you say, God, here I am, send me to East County, guess what? You are a missionary to East County. So the question is, how do I live a missional life? Jesus said this. He said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So around where we are at, there is a plentiful harvest, and Jesus is asking, will you be? one of the laborers. So my question to you today is, would you be one of those people in this county, in this region, in this city, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your family? Would you be a person who would say, God, here I am, send me? And that's exactly where it starts. And there are people who are waiting for you on the other side. There was one time I was in uh, the nation of the Philippines, which is comprised of 1,700 islands, if I'm not mistaken. And as we were on a boat on our way to an island, we see a man that was on the shore. And as we docked, and we had the dock about 500 meters away from the, from the actual beach, and you climb out and you're getting in the water and you're walking through, I see this man and his, there's tears in his eyes. Friends, you want to know why there's tears in his eyes? It's because he had seen a vision from God that there would be three American women that was described to the T what we were wearing and that they were going to give a message to the people of his island. So when he saw us and, and that all of a sudden instantly it was confirmed. So you just don't know your willingness to go that there's someone who's been waiting for you. Friends, you may be. You may be the only Jesus that people would come to know. So I, I found some principles in the book of Nehemiah that I'm going to very briefly try to go through and cover today, if that's okay. So Nehemiah was a man in a, in a, in a very esteemed position. He was what was known as the cupbearer to the king, meaning there was no one closer to the king. There was, he was the man who would drink the wine and sip the, you know, sip the wine and, and test the food and make sure that everything was good before the king had it. So he had to be trusted with, the, with the, all the possessions of the king, right? So he, here he is, and he gets the report of that there's been just devastation in the place of his father. And in the place of his fathers, there's been destruction. Everything has been broken down, right? The people are in distress. The people are discouraged, right? You have all of these uh, things going on. And Nehemiah's heart broke. And he's just like, God. And he began to intercede. And he began to cry out and ask God for, for you know, repentance on the behalf of the people of turning away from him. So we, we find that, number one, that God will place mission in your heart. Or another way of saying it is God will place an assignment in your heart to fulfill. And how does that assignment come? Through seeing something that moves you with compassion and intercession. If you can see it, if your heart is stirred by it. You know, there's, there's a saying that says, if you want to know what your purpose is, right? We're all searching. What's the purpose that God has for me? What provokes your emotions? What, what stirs you? What, what gets your emotions? Uh, either where it's like you're angry or, or maybe it breaks your heart. That's an indication that that you are meant to be the solution to the very thing that you're being provoked. Amen. 
Which is why at Awakened Church, and I'm so grateful that we've got Pastor Jurgen, Pastor Leanne, who they see something in, in, in the bigger picture of things, of a principality that's trying to dominate our politics and, and dominate these platforms. And they say, no, 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 but not on our watch. We're not doing that. We are not going there. So they rise up. Why? Because there is something on their lives. There's a grace to actually challenge the very thing that's trying to control us because we will not be controlled, but we live with the spirit of freedom. Amen. So, so you begin to see these things of what moves your heart with compassion. I had a great friend of mine who he years ago, he worked at Starbucks and, and, and he kind of had two things going on. Number one, he saw a need of homeless community that used to hang out in front of, a, of a downtown Orange County and where the court system's at. And then he was working and he would see that there were pastries just being tossed at the end of the day that they couldn't resell it. So what would they do? He, he, he basically just said, hey, what are you guys doing with this stuff? Can I take it? Can I give it away? And they said, sure. Sure, take it. So he took two bags. It started out with two bags of pastries. And he would go down to the, the steps of the superior courts in Orange County. And he'd just begin to hand it out. But do you know what happened when, you know, when Jesus blessed the bread and broke it? Multiplication happened. So the same thing happened with my friend. He just began to give it out. And then guess what? Whatever God, whatever you can give to God, God will get through you and he'll get more of it through your life. Now, he ended up multiplying out where now he owned trucks. And now it extended all the way to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and had what a phenomenal food distribution program that literally fed thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. And it all started out because he just said, God, yes, I want to be used by you. Or more importantly, like, here I am, send me. I want to see you move through me. And that's all that it takes. Honestly, that's exactly how missions, if you will, missions has always been on the heart of Awaken. Our pastors are missionaries. They came here. This is their mission field. And, and within their heart, they, they were stirred when they begin to hear about the situation with Warren Jeffs. They, their hearts were stirred when they heard about the orphanages. That They said, "Not we're not leaving it. We, we can't do nothing about it. We can't turn our heads away from these situations, but we're going to move towards them. Amen? So there's something about being moving moving towards them. And why do we do missions? Do you know the first, what are the two, the first two letters of God? Go. Come on. The first two letters of God is go. So we are meant to go. Now we're familiar with the great commission that you would find in Mark 16, as well as Matthew 28, right? Go into all the world and preach the gospel or right make disciples of all nations so you see there's the two words of, of nations as well as world so you find that there's cosmos is world and then you you find that nations is ethnos so God is calling you both to the cosmos and the ethnos and you're like well Shelly that's a bunch of Greek to me Glad you said that. So let me break it down for you. All right. So, so what is cosmos? Anything that is ordered, an ordered system, such as government, such as, such as uh, arts, such as media, such as education, such as fashion, such as you insert the marketplace area that you are in, and it is an ordered system. You are called to the cosmos. So, so if you felt like, I don't know if I'm a missionary, I'm here to tell you today, friends, you are sent into the cosmos, which also includes your friends and spheres of influence. Would you mind doing me a favor? Turn to your neighbor and say, you are a missionary. All right. You all heard them. You all heard them. So uh, awaken Baja 940. 9, no, I'm just kidding. 
Now, you're also, no, there are some of us that are called to go into the nations. We're called to go into different people groups, but it's just having it settled in my heart. God, I want to do what you want me to do. And I want to go where you want me to go. And that he will actually empower you to do the very thing that he's asking you to do. And that's where number two, that we'll see his power flows when you say, here am I, send me. Nehemiah, basically he put a lot on the line. And so he prayed and he interceded and there's a, there was a purpose that was birthed in his heart. And then he had to actually do the do and go talk to the king. No intimidation. He's only like, you know, second in line to the king. No pressure at all. But what did he do? He actually, what I would say, he risked it for the biscuit. How many of y'all can relate? Sometimes you just got to risk it for the biscuit. Nehemiah 2 and verse 5, it says this, and I said to the king, so now he's, here he is, he's before the king, God's put this purpose in his heart, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, I ask that you send me. That's all that it starts with, with your purpose. There's a purpose that God has put in your heart, would you just say, God, send me to the city of my father's tombs that I may rebuild it. So Nehemiah asked, he put himself on the line for what purpose? So that he would be able to move forward with the thing in which God has put on his heart to do. And he didn't know. What, what if the king would say no? What he, but he just risked it all. He just said, I'm, I'm willing to risk it all. And there's something about when we're willing to step out and risk. Uh, you know, I've heard faith is spelled R I. S-K, right? If I'm going to accomplish any faith feats, it's going to require me to take, come on, an R-I-S-K. Now, here, here's, here's a beautiful concept that God's really been speaking to me about right along these lines, is that your yes will unlock the anointing and grace of God upon your life. I did not know that I can prophesy until, guess what? I said, yes, God, I will step out, and I'm going to give that word to that person. Was I afraid? Heck to the yeah, I was afraid. I didn't know. It's like, give me some of that fermented horse milk. Maybe it'll help me. <laughs> Right? Come on, just be real. But when I actually stepped out, guess what happened? God filled my mouth with the very words that blessed the person that was in front of me. And all of a sudden, I am now prophesying because God says, I desire that all would prophesy. Right? All to give an encouraging word to someone. And, and, and so, But it required me actually stepping out. So with you, if you would be willing to say, here am I, send me, and actually step out, guess what? God will release an anointing for you, right? Notice that the Great Commission says that these signs will follow those who believe, which means I need to be going somewhere in order for it to follow me, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, it's just, it's just deductive reasoning. If I want to see these signs, I've got to be doing something. God wants to, those signs to work through you, and it will be unlocked through your yes. Now, the other thing I would say is that your yes actually unlocks others around you. It unlocks promises that other people have maybe been waiting for. In fact, Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, their yes has actually unlocked our destinies. It's true. And I'm so grateful for that. I had some friends while we were in Mongolia. I lived in Mongolia for several years and didn't just only drink horse milk and learn the language. Helped me. I think it helped me. I, it really did. And uh, there, there's this uh, senior couple, late 70s, early 80s, 
And uh, they, they, they spent all their life living for themselves. And they said, God, like we want to do what you've called us to do. So they got to the end of their training. Now granted, they had physical ailments. He needed a bag to assist him in restroom activities. All, all, they had bl blindness in one of his eyes and she had this. They had multiple issues. And do you know what they said at the end of their, their term? Send us to the desert. See, in Mongolia, there's the desert called the, the, the Gobi Desert. Desert, one of the largest deserts in the world. And they said, send us to the desert. There are people there that need to hear the name of Jesus. And you're thinking, wait, no, but you're too old. But wait, you have, you're making excuses for them. And they're like, um, yeah, no, we are going. And it's just like, we need to be sent. Please send us. And then you, you think like, what the heck is my excuse? Like these guys, like if there's anyone who can stay home and yet they went. And you know that when they went within, within six months, they had a church of a hundred people. Do you know that they had people that were getting saved? Do you know that they had people getting healed? Do you know that they had people actually getting delivered? Uh, the only thing they didn't know how to do, they just, they're, they're thinking we're in the desert. How are we going to do this? Is that there were people who were uh, not water baptized yet. So I show up six months later and they're like, Pastor Shelley, we don't know what to do. We need to get these people water baptized, but there's no water. There's no lake. Where are we going to go? And I thought about it. I'm like, do you have a bathtub? And they're like, yes, we do. So we filled that sucker up. And you know what? We had a baptism water that was dirty with, with desert sand. And we got all hundred people like through that baptism water. Come on now. Come on now. And that all came, that all came because the, a couple said, here am I, send me. And they didn't make any excuses for their age, their ailments. They just said, Jesus, we love you. We want to serve you. So there's something to be said with that. And the other thing I love about the story of Nehemiah, and I'm really just doing a lot of paraphrasing and I'm sharing a lot of testimonies because I want to provoke your faith to say, God, here am I, send me. I believe that's an assignment that God has given to me for this, this house and this day is for you to say, God, here am I, send me. So Nehemiah he stepped it up a notch. Once the king actually gave him permission, he then basically says, okay, king, so now that I know that I found favor, let me ask you for a little more. How many of you know it's good to ask God for a little more than just basically, he says, okay, give me this. I need, I need some letters. I need some guards. And I need some provision to actually go rebuild the wall. And how many know that's called asking a little extra? But thank God that he will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Sometimes we just need to increase our ask. Don't ask just the bare minimum. God's not a minimum wage God. But he's the God of the extra. He wants to give you more than enough. And so the king sends him with everything. He had letters in hand. He had provision in hand. How many know that the favor of God was on hand? So he goes into the territory. He meets the people who are in distress. He meets the people who are discouraged. He meets the people who are longing to see their community restored. And he waits about three days. And the Bible says that he actually sneaks back into the community. And he goes in, and he goes in through the middle of the night. And you can see, see, I rose in the middle of the night. I and a few men with me. And I told no one what God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem, nor the favor that God had bestowed on him, may I add. Uh, and there was no, nor was there any animal with me except the one on which I rode. So, so we begin to see that, he, you know, he, 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 he goes out to survey the land. He was believing God. He knew what the plan was. He knew that God had called him to rebuild. And there's something about number three, I'll say it like this, is that if you would say, yes, I will go, you will find that others will join you, that there are people 
people who are not only waiting to hear the message, but there are people who are waiting for you just to go first. Would you open up the door for others to follow behind you? And the most beautiful thing is so Nehemiah comes back and he's like, all right, now I'm going to, I'm going to open up some things, (laughs) right? And then I said to them, you see the distress that we're in how Jerusalem lies in waste and how its gates are burned with fire. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that it may no longer be a reproach. In other words, he's, he's putting face infusion of them not staying where they're at. I'm so grateful that we have a God who does not want us to stay where we're at. He'll meet us where we're at, but then he elevates us to where he is at. Come on. And you are a part of that process, friends. You are a part of bringing people. You're, you're, you reach them where they're at, but you're, you're about bringing faith infusions. That's why we come into the house every single week to get a faith injection, to get encouragement, to get people around us that will come alongside us to help us to move things forward in the kingdom of God. And so, so, he, so he tells them, right, in, in verse 18, And I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me, and also the king's words that he had spoken to me, or also known as his favor so I love it because then the people it's like they got this infusion of faith and they said yes let us build the people were now encouraged to set their hands to the work because one man said here am I send me see one building requires a battle a battle is never meant to be fought alone but it, re- it requires one who will live in R-I-S-K. People, one who will take a risk to step forward, to open up the door, to reach out to that person. And you will find a floodgate behind you, a people who are waiting for you to say yes, a people who are waiting for you to say, I will go. I will go into my community. I will go into my family. I will go into that, that co-worker's office. I will go into the marketplace to bring transformation. And you find that divine uh, provision is made. And it all comes through one person saying yes, one person saying I will go. I had a good friend of mine we were friends for years, she said Shelly I want you to bring a team, come down to Honduras, I go down to Honduras she's known as mama of Central America because she's just so beautiful and just so loving and kind towards the people reaching out to the outcast and reaching out to the different ones and so she says Shelly I want you to come with me bring your team and let's go to prison and I'm like oh that's not you hear every day let's go to prison so we go into a prison and in this prison they have the worst of the worst gangs of it's mafia level gangs that are actually in this place it's so dangerous let me tell you friends that when the guards escort us to where these prisoners are at which they segregate according to gang because if you put them together obviously you know what would happen not a good thing uh, so so they, they they would actually locked us inside the room with the gang members no intimidation. Nah, it's totally fine. So we're, we're, here we are in this prison room. And she's like, Shelly, you've got to understand, this is the only shot that they've got to hear the gospel. Because many of them may not make it through the other side. Many of them may not even make it while they are here. Will you speak to them? And I'm just like, what the heck am I going to say? What, how, how, do you, how do you? And just the love of God, when I saw these guys... 
and the love of God came and I just began to speak and, and, and the team shared and the team testified and the, the time came like it's going to in a few moments for you of like, would you give your life to Jesus? I know you've given your life to this gang. I know that you've given your life to, to protect your family. And I know that there's fears for your family because these guys were so afraid that the other side would do something detrimental to their family. So many concerns, so much pain and, and so much regret that was in the room. And I'm telling you, friends, that I discovered one area of my destiny of I'm called to the homies that are in the prison doors and they actually lift up their hands. 100, come on, 100% of these guys lifted up their hands and said, I need Jesus. And I said, friends, we believe in laying on of hands. We believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to touch you with his presence. They said, we want it all, come. And so we had the amazing opportunity. I've never in my life experienced a 100% response. And from gang members, nevertheless, and they completely got transformed. So I found a passion that came from relationship. Just like Nehemiah, he had a relationship with the king before it was revealed what his purpose was. So never underestimate the relationships that are around you, but actually place value on the relationships because you just don't know that that relationship that's right next to you, that's right in front of you, might actually open up the door to the purpose of God and that you'll find passion. You'll find that God is releasing things through you through that very relationships. Lastly, I'll say this, and if you would just stand to your feet. Nehemiah had some opposition. How many of you know that when we start to step into the kingdom of God, that we are met with opposition? There, there are some challenging times that are ahead of us. And the enemy tried to taunt Nehemiah and his crew that said yes, and, and tried to say, you can't do it. Who do you think you are? And despise and mock. But do you know that these guys, that how Nehemiah replied, I loved his reply to them. I love that he had a steadfastness about him. And that, God, friends, when God gives you a word of what it is that you're called to do, where it is that you're meant to go, don't let that word go, but begin to prophesy your promise. Prophesy the promise of your life. Jesus, he, or I should say, Nehemiah said it like this. Verse 20, so I answered them. I answered the laughs. I, I, I answered the ridicule. The ridicule. I, I answered all the things, that you know, the taunts. And, and, and he said, the God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants, we will rise and build, but you have no inheritance in Jerusalem. So, friends, how powerful that our mouth actually activates the promise of God for our lives. And I believe many of us in this room, you have promises that are in your heart. You have prophetic words that God has given to you. And maybe some of you have felt like, man, I want to go. I want to do. I have the stirring to, to reach my neighbor, to go in the cosmos, to, to, to go into maybe Baja or you know, that might be a part of what you're meant to do, but you are meant to go. You are a sent one, but you've, you've just held on to that word. But God is asking you today, friends, would you prophesy your word? Would you allow your mouth to activate the promise that is in your life? A, a prophetic word isn't meant just to be written down and kept in a, in a journal and just hold it in our heart, but it's a weapon of your warfare. It's a weapon of your battle. I'm reminding you 
of your promises today, friends. There is a promise that will come to pass as you boldly declare what it is that God wants to do in and through your life. You wage it. You know, when God sent me to San Diego, most people don't know this, but now you guys are going to be in the know because you are the secret place on the east side of San Diego. So when God called me... Testing. There we go. Am I back? I'm back. All right. I guess the secret does get to come out after all. <laughs> Shh, but it stays here. So when God spoke to me, he said this. He said, Shelly, I'm sending you to San Diego to reestablish you, to launch you into the nations. I had no idea that there would be a few years later that I would be asked to be the missions pastor. I had no idea what was the department, what was that looking like. And it required, most people don't know this, but I actually left everything that I knew. I, I didn't, and, and I moved to San Diego on a word, that word alone. And I came into San Diego, I knew nobody. I had, had not, I didn't even know the people I, I was moving in with. Like my move-in day was like, hi, my name is Shelley. And that was literally how we met. And through the circumstances of leaving everything and saying, here I I am God send me and you give me this word to go to San Diego to, to this wild church that is all about fun all about transformation all about celebration right and then here I am blessed and honored to be called the missions pastor of awakened church all because God gave a promise and I just prophesied the promise. So friends, don't give up on the promises. Don't give up on going where God has asked you to go. Many of us, we get afraid and like, oh, I don't want to say here am I, send me. I don't want that horse milk. That might not be your, your calling. But God may ask you to go to your neighbor that you've known for years. God may ask you to go to that coworker that you've known for quite a long time. Your mission is your mission. You don't have your mission doesn't have to be my mission, but if you want to join me, come. <laughs> right? But start with where you're at. So I believe that God is here. And I believe there's a couple of there's a couple of groups of people. Number one, some of you can identify with my testimony of how I got saved. And and you might be feeling like a bit like far from. God, or, or maybe you feel like, man, I've never asked Jesus to come into my life. I've, I've never really surrendered. I've been around church, and, and I know that God is real, but I've never released uh, you know, my, my life into his hands. And today, maybe your message is this, I am yours, save me. I am yours, save me. So with every head that's bowed, would you just close your eyes for just a moment? I wonder how many people today is here saying, I am yours, save me, God. It, it, it's, it's, it's not the prayer, but it's just saying, God, I surrender to you. How many people would say, this is you? Would, would you, on three, would you lift your hands if you're saying, I am yours, save me? Maybe maybe you've said it before, and, and maybe just life's distractions came around you, and, and because of that, you've, you, you've you slipped away, but God is calling you back, and he's just asking, Will you say, I am yours, save me? On, on, on three, come on now. One, two, three, if that's you, every I, I see that hand, thank you, thank you. Anyone else, come on. I see that hand, thank you. I see that hand, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So grateful, I'm so grateful that you said, God, here I am, save me. Come on, let's all, let's all pray these words together. Father, I come to you right now, and I say, I am yours. I turn to you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for being my father. Thank you that heaven is my home. I thank you, Father, that I am saved. 
Would you give everyone a hand who just did first time? Come on. Now, there's a second group of people, and that might be the majority in this room. And maybe you've held back on saying, here am I, send me, because you didn't know where he was going to send you to. But there's a stirring in your heart. In fact, there's an adventure that is in you that you're like, man, I want an adventure. I want to go. I want to see the tangible presence and just love of God come through me. I want to go. I want to do. I want to see. I want that adventure. If that's you and you say, I want to ask God, I want to declare, more importantly, here am I, send me. Would you lift up your hands? Would you lift up your hands? Come on, so many people, so many adventure takers right here. And to be honest, it's starting exactly where you're at. I love the passage of scripture that Jesus says it like this. He says uh, that you will be my messenger first to Jerusalem. So that's your starting point. Then Judea stretches you out a little bit more and then to the ends of the earth. So you don't have to be focused on the ends of the earth. Just be focused on your Jerusalem. Where are you at right now? So would you say with me, everyone in this room, say, Father, I come to you right now. And I say, here am I. Here am I. Send me empower me fill me with your spirit to go to do and I believe that your anointing will be activated when I step out father I thank you for your presence on my life in Jesus name amen amen Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.